Hi folks. On this episode, we speak with Marcus Feistel, COO of LimeWire. LimeWire is back as an open music and entertainment NFT marketplace for creators and collectors. Its mission is to lower the entry barrier to the world of NFT collectibles, both for artists and collectors in the music industry and the broader entertainment space. Marcus speaks to us about LimeWire's rebirth as a creator content platform, how LimeWire plans to support creators by helping them connect with audiences and give them additional benefits, and what they're planning for the future of the platform. I hope you enjoy the show. Please note that this podcast does not constitute financial product advice. You should consider obtaining independent advice from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Okay, Marcus, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'd love you to tell me a little bit about yourself and yeah, how you came into crypto. Yeah, thanks for having me, actually. Uh, quite quite exciting to be here. So I'm Marcus, uh, Chief Operating Officer here at LimeWire, so pretty much in charge of uh, everything that goes uh, really from artist acquisition uh, to the platform, curation of content, uh, customer support, uh, crypto community, so really, really a broad area. Um, uh, yeah, I, I previously worked at Bitpanda, so the European crypto exchange that probably most of the, of the listeners might be familiar with where I was heading the, the German-speaking area and I'll switch, switch towards um, the NFT space here at Bitpanda. Actually, yeah, just, just uh, a bit deeper into the, to the crypto and NFT rabbit hole, I would say, uh, <laughs> since NFT is really probably even a bit more special than the crypto space for the, for the, for the general um, like mainstream audience. Um, yeah, that's, that's the setup now. Cool. And, and I guess Bitpanda, were you there for a while? Like, and, and, and what was before that? Yeah, so Bitpanda was um, like one and a half years, roughly. Really, really took uh, the entire or experienced the entire last uh, crypto wave and the, the bull market um, fully, I would say. So really scaled there a lot, in the, especially in the, in the German-speaking area where we mm-hmm. began a lot of users in Germany, Austria, Switzerland. So that was really exciting. Um, before that, I was actually working for... Uh, Boston Consulting Group, so as a, a typical strategy consultant, um, and 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 yeah, just uh, also in the financial services industry and, and insurance mm. industry, so kind of related, I would say. Um, and initially, actually, before I, I joined Boston Consulting Group, I was uh, founding my own fintech startup, uh, which was based in London, um, and, and was leading that for for two years, roughly. Cool. And, and when you were at BCG and you were looking across to Bitpanda, what were the things that made you really interested in, in the crypto space in general? What drew you across the, the divide, so to speak? Yeah. So what, what really what was driving me like from day one, that's also probably the, what was one of the main reasons why I started um, founding my own fintech startup was really financial services industry as such. Um, but working at, at BCG, as probably a lot of people can imagine, I guess, is um, it's it's very old school financial services industry, I would say. So we were really working for the big banks and the big insurance companies. Um, things didn't really move fast, I would say. Um, and that's that's something I completely missed. I, I had that experience before when I was leading my own fintech um, that we basically made decisions on a daily basis and moved things extremely quickly. And that was completely, completely gone, to be fully honest, at BCG. Um, so I just really proactively looked for an environment where where this fast-paced uh, decision-making, uh, yeah, just just is, is uh, at the core of the company culture. And at Bitpanda, and especially the crypto space, this is uh, probably like one of the most most elementary things um, that the, the entire industry and, and uh, the pace of innovation is just so high 
uh, it's never getting boring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, e- even less so now that you you you've gone the next leap over, I guess, or the next derivative down, so to speak. Not in a bad way. I mean, kind of mathematically. In 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 terms of your experience so far and 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 LimeWire. Tell how about this? How about we go kind of kind of zoom out a little bit. Tell me about LimeWire and and what really attracted you and how did how you came into contact with that organization. And it's interestingly, you know, I used LimeWire when I was younger. This is a brand that I know. I'm sure a lot of listeners here know this brand. Uh, I, I think it's awesome. The logo is the same. But yeah, tell yeah. tell people who haven't heard about LimeWire, what is LimeWire? Tell me this story. Yeah, so the background story is, is, is quite interesting, actually. So um, the initial LimeWire, for those that, that might not be familiar, um, was this uh, yeah, really massive platform for peer-to-peer file sharing. So pretty much um, in quotation marks, these illegal music downloads um, that everybody experienced in the early 2000s um, and really like was a really big platform with, I think, like 50 million monthly active users um, and and just a, an ecosystem where a lot of people, um, especially of this crypto generation nowadays, got got excited and, and equipped about their like music experiences and really got their first experience of downloading music as such. Um, that company shut down uh, in 2011, roughly, uh, due to all the controversy around the company as well. Um, and and the, the issues they had with, with music labels, obviously. Um, and since then, it really didn't, wasn't really active. Um, and, and Paul and Julian here, the two founders of, of the new LimeWire, I would say, um, they had this amazing idea of acquiring all the marketing and, and brand assets of, of this previous LimeWire um, yeah, brand, so to say. So they, they got hold of the social media accounts of the domain, uh, re-registered the the, the trademark and had this this idea of bringing LimeWire back in today's Web3 world, I would say, um, as, a, as an NFT marketplace for music and entertainment. So it's similar industry uh, with a new approach towards the Web3 uh, industry or Web3 ecosystem. Um, and yeah, really, really exciting actually to see. And that's what we what we really experienced in the past months, um, what, the, what, what a big overlap that is um, of, of people that used to, to know or used to use the old LimeWire back in the early 2000s and then now into the crypto and NFT space because there's just such a natural overlap in terms of age group and, and interest as such. Yeah, I mean, I remember using the platform for discovery. You know, I would find, I, you know, suggested, I think the, the way that the platform used to work, it was, it was as much about access as it was about sharing. And yeah, I remember discovering music there, right? Not just accessing it and so yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's part of what LimeWire is doing today it's a really uh, kind of cool uh rebirth so yeah l- let's go into it so um I, I know for a fact that you you know the, the website's up um there's definitely some collections available there can you tell me a- a- and the listener you know what wh- where LimeWire's focus because there obviously are lots of you know nft marketplaces out there um what's the focus and and you know tell me about what's different and and, and what LimeWire is bringing to the table yeah, so I mean the natural fit, obviously, and that's that's also where we where we started off now is uh, the music industry, right? Because everybody mm-hmm. knows LimeWire for music, and as you just said, just just said, a lot of people, uh, yeah, just just got their first music experiences there. Like, uh, it's quite funny actually with a lot of artists uh, that we've spoken with. Um, the experience was that they actually told us that they're excited about doing the NFT collections on LimeWire because that was really the first platform where they got into music themselves. Um, so it's quite mm-hmm. a Quite an interesting history um, for, for a lot of the artists on the platform as well. 
So in, in, in general, what, what users can expect from, from the new LimeWire and, and the marketplace as such is we're trying to, to achieve two things. So the one is, and I think that's a general issue that the NFT space has seen so far and particularly last year with, with this uh, yeah, crazy hype, you must say, um, is curation. So, so the type of content and, and the type of or, or the quality as such, um, we're really keen on, on curating um, all the collections. So every collection that is submitted to LimeWire needs to go through a curation process. Um, and we're really trying to deliver valuable content for the users. Um, because I personally, and also that's, that's pretty much our company culture as well, we don't really believe in that um, JPEG, NFT, uh, yeah, purchasing and hype that definitely worked last year because the technology as such is so new. But I think the next wave is definitely a lot more about, about content and quality. So that's mm. one side. And the other side um, is we're, we're really trying to achieve what I would say Kraken and also many of the other um, crypto platforms achieved in the, in the crypto space and making investing in crypto very easy. That's what we're trying to achieve in the NFT space now. So we, we are really trying to be mainstream ready. Um, people are able to, to pay or purchase their NFTs uh, by credit card as well as with crypto. Um, so really making it as, as easy and neat as possible for everyone so that the NFT um, experienced uh, a user can easily pay with, with uh, the user MetaMask and, and Wallet Connect. And on the other side, um, a mainstream user and I would say the average fan of a big artist can just come to the platform and probably doesn't even recognize that it's, it's about NFTs. It's just a collectible that they, that they are buying into. Mm, that's cool. And for the artist side, um, what tools are you bringing for them? Because I noticed when you visit the site, you know, you can, you can kind of self-select, you know, are you a creator or are you a, are you a fan? And um, yeah, I'd love to learn about what, what tools you're creating for, for, I mean, I, people ask me and I have, I have a little bit of background in music as well. People ask yeah. me, you know, how do you, how do you do, how do you do an NFT? You know, how do you make one? <laughs> Is that the service you're offering uh, or people have to bring their collections to you and that curation process, how deep does it go? So we, we actually, especially for the emerging and, and, and I would say in quotation marks, smaller artists, um, we've created a pretty straightforward um, self-service platform, I would say. So it really guides you through the entire process. If you're, if you're an artist, um, gives you recommendations of which types of NFTs you can create. If it's like a very rare one-of-one -one collection, but it's really just one NFT item you're selling. Um, it's, if it's multiple editions you want to sell, it's really flexible, but at the same time, um, very explanatory and guides you through the process. We also created a, a lot of help center articles for, new, for creators that are new in the space and don't really know um, how to structure their projects with a lot of best practices. So I think it's very uh, straightforward as such. But at the same time, I fully agree. Um, it, it's, it's very new to a lot of people, especially creators as well. Um, so we obviously also have a, have a customer success team that, that is reachable for creators as well. If they have certain questions, something that isn't, isn't already addressed uh, in our articles or in the, in the platform itself, um, they can always reach out. So I think in overall, we're trying to, to come to a point where everybody can cater their own needs um, based on our self-service platform. But we obviously don't, uh, like, we can't expect to have, like, all the cases and everything covered already. I think it's an iterative process that mm. we, are, we are going through for the next month, probably. And are there any indicators at the moment in terms of the, the types of uh, collections that artists are interested in creating? Are there, are there people, are you seeing data yet or is it still too early? 
Oh, it's very diverse, actually. Um, so at the moment, we're really going through a lot of the of the content that has been submitted. We have a couple of hundred collections um, that the creators already submitted, which is super interesting to see that the people are so keen to try, especially creators are very keen to try out the space. Um, so I think that's a very positive sign. Um, but it's very diverse. It, it really, it ranges from uh, exclusive music content. Some artists are even uh, considering putting their entire uh, album or LP um, on LimeWire exclusively as, 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 as NFT collection. Mm. So that's very interesting. And on the other side, we have a lot of, um, let's say, early access, also uh, real life experiences like meet and greets with artists um, that are part of the NFT collection or listening in sessions in the, in the studio mm. when they're recording music. So it can be very, very diverse as such. With, with the big headliners, um, it's, it's really same, same topic. So we have um, some like uh, Travis Barker, for instance, was actually doing a collection um, with a virtual drum set. And uh, the, the one buyer of that very rare, rare item is also getting the physical drum set that he used for, for recording music uh, shipped to his home. So it's actually, it, it can vary quite a lot um, and doesn't necessarily always have to be uh, exclusive music files. That's cool. Yeah, it sounds very, very uh, like diverse as you, as in the language that you, you chose. I think that's really interesting. And and the artists, are, are you getting labels interested as well? Where where does it go um, uh, for them, and, and what is their reaction when when you when you speak to them if you have already? That is probably one of the most most interesting experiences we had so far because our initial our initial feeling or assumption was, I mean, everybody who knows the the story of. LimeWire as such and, and the previous um, platform and all the controversy around it might actually expect that, that labels are not very happy um, about LimeWire coming back. Um, but we actually had the complete opposite experience, to be fully honest. So we, we proactively reached out to a couple of labels. We just uh, recently, two months ago, um, we signed a deal with uh, Universal Music Group, which is like the biggest biggest label globally, uh, especially for the music, music space. Um, where we are also partnering with them now and, and getting content of their artists on the LimeWire platform in, again, very, very different and diverse um, yeah, environments and setups. So they are definitely keen to do something. And I think what they are really looking for, and that was our experience so far, is a platform that can cater the mainstream. So I think the biggest issue that the NFT space has at the moment is that it's very Web3 and NFT community driven which is great for the NFT community as such, um, but it also excludes a lot of mainstream users and, and I would say the average artist fan who is not equipped with crypto and NFT um, knowledge and experience yet. And I think yeah. that's, that's especially something that labels and, and, and bigger artists are looking for to cater their average fan regardless of their experience in NFT. And, and the labels, I mean, obviously it's early days, right? And, and I understand that this is evolving, but... Uh, one of the things that we talk about a fair bit, when I've spoken to lawyers and, and I've spoken to other NFT creators and, and some of the really interesting you know, functionality of an NFT is not just that an individual can own it, but that you have a kind of longer term connection. Um, at very worst, it, it's a serial number. At best, it can be, you know, it can represent chains of IP, it can automate distribution of of. Um, secondary sales, you know, these kinds of functionality, the functionality you get out of the box when it comes to 
blockchain and, and crypto and, and smart contracts and that that kind of stuff. Are you guys applying that? Is that is that inbuilt in in the way that you guys are thinking about the future of your marketplace? And what are the labels? What are the what are the artists thinking about when it comes to these things? Um, yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the the interesting topic is I think NFTs and also the technology the technology as such brings a lot of additional values. But the tricky bit is um, breaking it down and, and explaining the benefits in a non-technical, user-friendly way, I would say. Um, so what we are trying, what we strongly believe in, so obviously we're using the NFT technology also for secondary market, for royalties, which are um, embedded in the smart contract. So every artist can, can pretty much decide how much um, royalty he or she wants to, wants to charge on secondary sales of the NFTs. So I think that's really great in terms of, of uh, NFT and, and smart contract uh, technology and very straightforward to explain. But I think what goes beyond that, and that's something we are really trying to achieve with the LimeWire platform and, and the artists we are working with, is um, exactly that community bit that you were, were leading towards. Um, so we are always trying to get the artists to get closer to their fan base and their community and also cater their super fans. So it's not just about, as you just said, selling a serial number or being like a, having a, an average collection that everybody can buy into or investors of NFTs can buy into, but actually catering a community and also engaging with that community in the long term. So giving them the opportunity to deliver utility even, let's say, months after, after the initial sale of the, of the NFT has happened. So I think that's something where, at least in my opinion, the NFT space will, will go towards um, in the next, mm. in the next uh, months and in the next wave. And and also backwards in terms of like back catalog, uh, do you at LimeWire do you guys believe that you know um, that that you'd be able to replace existing kind of streaming networks with these kinds of technologies with 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 NFTs as the base layer for for music distribution and 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 rights distribution? I think that's wow. It's it's, it's a very long stretch to be honest, because I mean obviously the streaming services, especially for for consumers are so straightforward and easy. And I mm. think it would be especially like there's so many topics that are involved in that, um, like rights holding issues, for instance, who is getting what share, especially in the music industry. This is very complex and complicated from like master rights and, and labels um, towards the producers and the publishers. Um, so it's really hard to cover it. I think we're really, we're just scratching the surface um, of NFTs in the music and entertainment industry. Um, but ultimately, I think it's definitely a possibility or a channel to consider um, because it definitely gives back a lot of power to the artist where they can decide um, how they want to price it, um, where they can see and track all the secondary and, and, and royalty uh, transactions and, and who is actually owning and listening and then consuming the content um, as opposed to, to streaming services. So I think my view at the moment is it's just an additional revenue stream and something a lot of artists are, are trying out and, and, and like a different platform for, they, for them to play around with their community and, and delivering additional value and, and utility. But in the long term, let's see. Um, I mean, it definitely has the potential to also solve a lot of the rights holding issues um, and complexity that currently the, the industry experiences. And I think if we get to a point where, where this complexity can be solved with NFTs and, and uh, smart contracts, it might actually get interesting, but I wouldn't go so far um, as to say that we are competitive of the, of the big streaming services. I think we're just 
an additional layer, an additional tool for artists to to create utility. Yeah, that's cool. I I I still I still find it very interesting that the prospect of people printing digital masters, you know, and those masters being NFTs, um, not just you know web files on a computer in a <laughs> yeah. with some with some legal documents around them. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> Let's just get technical just really quickly. So, um, how, how do you guys how do you guys execute? Like, what what's the technology you're using? Uh, and uh, and is it completely closed source? Um, yeah, so the, the platform itself is completely built in house. Um, so so everything we do from like artist acquisition side and the self service platform um, towards um, up until the minting, so to say, is is really completely built in house. Um, our music NFTs are completely minted on Algorand um, for a couple of reasons, but one of the main reasons is it's really the environmental friendliness. That's really one mm. of the key points that a lot of artists brought up um, at the beginning in the first conversations which blockchain we are minting on because they are cautious about um, mm. environmental friendliness um, so that was really one of the key key points um, and it's also obviously a lot cheaper to mint um, on Algorand than for example on, on, on Ethereum um, which is why we decided to go to go with Algorand and actually have a pretty pretty deep partnership there uh, and that's pretty much the, the technology setup we use so so pretty straightforward and um, in terms of user friendliness, we are also um, uh, like the, the entire NFT custody is completely on our side. So we are taking mm -hmm. care of um, having the NFTs on the LimeWire platform. Nobody really has to uh, worry about uh, having or owning their own wallet. You can, of course, transfer the, the NFTs out um, and also sell them theoretically on other secondary markets. But for especially the mainstream, they wouldn't even really recognize that they are uh, owning a wallet and and it's on, on LimeWire. Yeah, that, that you answered the, my next question was, you know, can you can you withdraw your NFTs from LimeWire? And so the answer is yes. That's really cool. I think I think this is yeah from from my point of view, you know, as a as a bit of a purist, I think that's important and it's great to hear that that's the case. Okay, cool. Well, I, you know, in the time that we've got left, it'd be great if we could just uh, you know look ahead a little and just tell me even your own personal perspective on what you think's coming uh, next, both for LimeWire and and uh, the NFT, you know, market in general. Um, yeah, I mean, for us, for, for LimeWare itself, it's going to be very interesting next month. Um, we, we are about to have the, a couple of really big NFT collections go live in August. As I just said, like um, Travis Barker is coming very soon. We also announced Brandy already, um, which, which is also coming soonish. Um, and all of these are very, very different in the setup. Um, so it might, will be very interesting to see uh, what consumers and fans actually perceive as valuable in the next months, um, if it's exclusive music, if it's more the real life experiences attached to it. Um, so, so that's that's going to be interesting in the next months to really um, have the first really big drops coming. For the space itself, I mean, obviously we are we are in a tricky uh, yeah moment at, at at this this present time with uh, crypto winter. That I think nobody will will uh, deny that anymore. I guess, um, and also the NFT space is feeling that. Um, but I think. And that's probably for everyone who has been around in the crypto space for longer already. I think that's actually a very healthy thing to happen, especially for the NFT space uh, at this point in time, because it was quite a crazy ride in the past 12 to 18 months um, with a lot of hype, with growing prices, um, skyrocketing prices rather. So I think it's a healthy correction now and also time for a lot of people to reconsider and a lot of platforms to reconsider what their, the actual value is that they are delivering. So I think uh, we will definitely see a lot of change towards more utility, towards 
actual valuable and exclusive content and not content that has been published somewhere else before. Um, and, and I think that's, that's, yeah, probably some, yeah, very positive uh, movements and improvements for the, for the community as such in the next months. Well, Marcus, I really appreciate your insight, your time, and, and it was great learning about LimeWire and, and, and everything you guys are doing. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Perfect. Thanks. Yeah, it was really exciting to be here and uh, had, a, had a great time. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks, everyone, for joining me on this show and for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice, and we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. And remember, you can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken.com slash learn. Until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller, and this has been the Crypto Frontier. Crypto Frontier.